Hello, welcome to A Daily Dose of Psychology. Today we're going to be talking about a case study on brain damage. The case study that we will be discussing today is based off of 18-year-old Paul Collins. According to NovinLaw.com, Paul had been driving friends home after a night out when a driver traveling in the opposite direction lost control of their vehicle plowing into his car at speed. Paul had suffered a severe traumatic brain injury to his frontal lobe consisting of a cerebral edema, intracranial hematoma, and subdural hemorrhage. The question is, what is a cerebral edema? According to Healthline.com, a cerebral edema is also known as brain swelling and is a life-threatening condition that causes fluid to develop in the brain. Some symptoms of cerebral edema include headache, dizziness, nausea, lack of coordination, and numbness, and in more severe cases, a person can experience mood changes, memory loss, difficulty speaking, changing consciousness, seizures, and weakness. The next brain injury we are going to be discussing is intracranial hemorrhage. Intracranial hemorrhage refers to an acute bleeding inside your skull or brain. The symptoms for an intracranial hemorrhage are headache, difficulty speaking, nausea, vomiting, decreased consciousness, weakness in one part of the body, and elevated blood pressure. The last head injury we're going to be talking about is the subdural hematoma. A subdural hematoma occurs when the blood collects on your brain surface beneath the skull. Subdural hematoma can be life-threatening. They usually result from a head injury. The common symptoms of subdural hematoma are slurred speech, loss of consciousness or coma, seizures, numbness, severe headaches, weakness, or visual problems. When looking at the symptoms of each of these injuries individually, it's evident that Paul experienced many of them. The hospital that he was admitted to neglected to give him any neurorehabilitation treatment for the serious blow to his head. Because of this, he developed many of the symptoms that we previously mentioned, one including aggression, slurred speech, inability to take care of himself, and eventually those symptoms led to him being kicked out of the job force. I think it's really unfair that the hospital did not treat his head injury seriously. They thought that it was just a minor injury and didn't see how severe the injury actually was. In the end, this could have possibly been fatal for Paul. I agree with you. One show that I watch a lot is Grey's Anatomy, which is basically a bunch of surgeons teaching normal people, in a sense, like what it's like to actually practice medicine. And one of the th- characters that was actually a neurosurgeon on the show died of a subdural hematoma because the hospital that he went to wasn't equipped to like deal with traumas so whenever he got to the hospital they didn't take him to CT and took him directly to surgery and the subdural hematoma caused him to stroke out in the middle of his surgery so he ended up dying and lost his practice left his wife and three kids so that's like similar to what Paul was going through because he had no control in how to, in like healing himself. He was completely left with uneducated people who underestimated the extent of his injury. So this shows what could have happened to Paul if it wouldn't have been treated correctly. Another thing that you see that's really common like with head injury, do you guys watch like murder shows? Yes. Okay, so on the murder shows, 99% of the time, if you're going to get killed, someone will come up and hit you in the back of the head. Yes. So you'll either get knocked out or like... Yeah, and then they can do something with your yeah, body. Yeah, and you won't be able to defend yourself. So I feel like a lot of times, like, say that someone was assaulted and they couldn't, like,
they had no way of speaking to the people at the hospital. So they went to the hospital and the first blow was to their head, but it didn't have any obvious external injuries. Mm -hmm. So then whenever they went to the hospital, they were like so busy fixing the abdominal issues or whatever. They didn't even stop to think about, oh my gosh, this guy could actually be dying of of subdural hematoma or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah, because they didn't, they didn't care yeah, they, were, they were just like let's just stop this bleeding that's outside not worry about the inside thing. Yeah. yeah like in reality the inside could be far worse than the outside or it could be way more serious and they needed to get right on it and they just waited because they didn't think anything would be wrong due to the situation that they were in yeah and I mean like in anatomy I had anatomy last semester and in anatomy we learned about how like everything that we do is through our brains mm-hmm everything that we do and people just kind of underestimate that they don't really think oh it controls your whole body like yeah if you don't have a brain you don't have anything like yeah and like it's not even just your brain like we also learned that like whenever you hit your back or something if you hit it in the right your spot your spinal cords it connects yeah you can your heart can just stop beating like you will be completely paralyzed it's just like if you brain dead like you're just a vegetable like the only thing that happens is your heart <laughs> that's what they're oh called vegetables <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah, I know. They call people that on Grey's Anatomy, too. Another thing to think about is how hard it would be for the people that these brain injuries happen to and their loved ones, how they're affected in the long run. Like, how Paul's family feels or how his friends feel or the relationships he was in, the other people that he was around. And getting help from other specialists that can help them cope with helping Paul or what they can do to make Paul feel better about what happened to him. Yeah, like, didn't his mom have to give up her job to take care of him, like, 24-7? Yeah, Paul's mom had to give up her job to stay with him and help him. And it also says that she got help with counseling specialists. So I know that Paul did too. And I could only imagine how hard it would be to have to see your son go through something like this. And imagine if, like, it happened to one of us and it was, like, our boyfriend or our best friend or, so- or like, our sister or something. I couldn't imagine walking home and not being able to talk to my sister about my day because she'd have no idea what I was talking about yeah like when Paul got in his accident he was taking his friends home like imagine going from one night they were hanging out to the next day and like you can't even like have a conversation with him they probably feel responsible for that too because like if he wouldn't have been taking them home he probably wouldn't have been there at that time and he wouldn't have to deal with the deficits from his injury Okay, guys, that's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Dose of Psychology, and I hope you guys enjoyed what we were talking about. If you guys have anything to add on or anything you'd like to talk about with us, make sure you leave a comment or something, and we'll read it. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and this is Kev. Kev.